How many believe in the coming of the Lord? If the Lord Jesus, if you knew, if you knew absolutely that the Lord was going to come at 10 o'clock tonight, would you change your plans for today? Hmm? Yeah, I think most of you'd change your plans, wouldn't you? Oh, Lord, don't come until after next weekend. I've got a date for next weekend. Lord, please don't come until that time. Huh? But when you love his appearing, you live daily in anticipation of his return, like you have it in Hebrews 10:37. For yet a little while, and he that shall come will come and will not tarry. And Jesus said, you remember, in an hour that you think not, the Son of Man cometh. No man knows the hour. Welcome to the Unchanging Word Radio Bible Study. Our teacher is Dr. John G. Mitchell. I'm after your hearts, not your heads, is a refrain often heard by college students in Dr. Mitchell's Bible classes. In his own words, his goal was to help you fall in love with the Savior, and his teachings always tended to fill your mind with the Lord Jesus Christ. He was also a pioneer radio speaker. In his day, there were no tape recorders, so he and his organist had to be at the station five evenings a week. He was heard live every weekday on radio stations in the Northwest. And our conviction is that the Word of God has never changed and never will. The truth in God's Word was, is, and always will be true. God never changes. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Life begins at Calvary. There my Savior died. He took my place and by His grace came with me to abide. All I need for living is mine by just believing. Life begins at Calvary. Life that never ends. Welcome once again to this study on the spiritual life of the believer in Jesus Christ. This study is foundational to one's walk with Christ. Through these truths, we can understand eternal life and our assurance of this life. Now, in a brief overview of salvation as provided in the cross and resurrection of Jesus Christ, Dr. Mitchell continues with the biblical truth of rewards. Rewards are those crowns which the Lord Jesus can and will reward the believer with who allows him to live his life through him. Now, as the Lord is allowed to live his life through us, Christ will reward that faithfulness to him. So now Dr. Mitchell shares with us the five biblical crowns that a Christian can receive from Christ. So let's open our Bible to James chapter 1, verse 12 to begin. And here is Dr. Mitchell sharing these rewards on the Unchanging Word Bible broadcast. Redeemed on the ground of the cross, he bought us, he ransomed us, in whom we have redemption through his blood, Ephesians 1, 7, in whom we have redemption through his blood. Or Galatians chapter 4, the first three or four verses, God sent his son to redeem us, Titus 2, 14, to redeem us out of all iniquity, purify to himself a people for his possession. As I say, you can multiply the passages. Freight from the law, on the ground of the cross. The cross, the law has had nothing to say since the cross. If you want a verse that suggests a verse like Hebrew is no, very bit. Romans, Romans 10, 4. 
Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that believes in Galatians chapter 3. He's redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us. Why can multiply the scriptures? Eternal life, we've just been discussing that this morning. We have eternal life because of what Christ did. I give unto them eternal life. He died that we might live. Because I live, you shall live also. According to John 14, 19, many, many scriptures. John 3, 16, 5, 24, John 10, so on. Uh, and the other word here is perfected through the cross. I suggest two scriptures there. I would suggest uh, Hebrews 10, 10, 12. This man by one sacrifice for sins forever. It's never to be repeated. And verse 14 of Hebrews 10 declares, By the one offering he hath perfected forever those whom he hath set apart, whereof the Holy Spirit witnesses to that perfection. Christ only died once for sins, the just for the unjust. He appeared once in the end of the age to put away his sin for the sacrifice of himself. I'm quoting Hebrews again, Hebrews chapter Chapter 9, verse 12, Hebrews chapter 9, verse, verse 26. He appeared once in the end of the age to put away sin. Hebrews 10, 10, by the which will we are sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. Now, we've already, we've already gone through all these here. Now we come on the other side is rewards. And the rewards are future. It's for our works down here. Now, there are five crowns, and I want you to mark something. Every phase of a Christian's life is governed by a crown. All I need to stand before God is on the ground of the cross. But my present life is governed by crowns. For example, the first one there is what? The crown of life. Now, I know in Revelation chapter 2, verse 10, you remember... Be faithful unto death, and I will give you a crown of life. That's the martyr's crown. You see, well, I can't get that because I'm not living in a day when we're dying for the, for the gospel. Well, I give you James 1, uh, James, what is it, James 1, 18. You know that one? Blessed is the man who endureth temptation, for when he is tried, he shall receive a crown of life. That's James 1, 12, by the way. 118 is of his own will, begat he us by the word of truth. It's one, James 1 10. Blessed is the man who endureth temptation. When he is tried, he shall receive a crown of life. The crown of life is for those believers who endure temptation. The next one, the crown of joy and rejoicing. Now, the crown of joy is the soul winner's crown. This is the soul winner's crown. I was your ministry for him in preaching and giving out the testimony. I suggest the last, First Thessalonians chapter 2, the last couple of verses at the end of the chapter. First Thessalonians 2, 19, if you want it. And the Apostle Paul says, Are not even ye my crown of joy and rejoicing at the appearing of Jesus Christ? Now remember, uh, this is at the judgment seat of Christ. We've been talking about that. All that I need to stand before God is on the ground of the cross. He finished the job. Perfect work. 
He died not only for my sins, but for me, the sinner. But now he's left me down here. He's left you down here. And our whole life is governed by crowns. It's all winner's crown, the crown of joy and rejoicing. By the way, I think I would give you that also. Philippians 4.1. I like what Paul says there about the Philippian believers were his crown, joy, rejoicing. He goes on to say, rejoice in the Lord all the way. And again, I say what? Blow up. Rejoice, of course. The third one is the crown of righteousness. And this governs your heart attitude to the appearing of Christ. Let me quote that from Second uh, Timothy 4, about 6 to 8, toward the end of the chapter. 6 to 8, where Paul says, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Therefore, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give to me in that day, and not to me only, but to all those who love his appearing. There are many Christians who know about his appearing, but do they love his appearing? I would connect with that verse. 2 Timothy 4, 6 to 8, I think I would connect with that. 1 John chapter 3, verses 2 and 3. Beloved, now are we the sons of God, or the children of God, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear, we'll be just like him, for we shall see him as he is. Now the third verse, and he that hath this hope set on him, purifies himself, even as he is pure. I, I can know the, the facts of the Lord's return. Preach on prophecy. But if I love his appearing, it's going to affect my life. Listen. Lift up your heads a minute. Lift up your heads, pardon me. Lift up your heads a minute. How many believe in the coming of the Lord? All right, put your hands down. If the Lord Jesus, if you knew, if you knew absolutely that the Lord was going to come at 10 o'clock tonight, would you change your plans for today? Hmm? Yeah, I think most of you change your plans, wouldn't you? Oh, Lord, don't come until after next weekend. I've got a date for next weekend, Lord. Please don't come until after that. Huh? But when you love his appearing... You live daily in anticipation of his return. Like you have it in Hebrews 10.37. For yet a little while, and he that shall come will come and will not tarry. And Jesus said, you remember, in an hour that you think not, the Son of Man cometh. No man knows the hour. There have been some tracts out lately about the Lord was supposed to come here in September. Did you know that? September 10th or 12th, somewhere in there. But he's... People set dates. You're doing what the Lord said you shouldn't do. No man knows the day nor the hour wherein the Son of Man comes. The Father knows that. And if I love his appearing, living in anticipation of seeing him, my Savior, how will I conduct my life? 
See? So the crown of righteousness is for those who love is appearing and it's demonstrated by purity in life. Every one of you fellows, every one of you girls are going to stand before the judgment, the bema, the judgment seat of Christ. Not the unsaved. They're not there. These are believers. If our Lord should come today, but I stop doing some things that I want to do. My face comes with conviction to my heart. In these days of laxity in relationships, the Lord bought you for himself, and the thing he yearns for is your fellowship. Living in anticipation of seeing him, our lover, if you please, who sacrificed everything for us. For love is always willing to sacrifice him. So you have here the crown of righteousness. The fourth one, the crown of glory. The crown, have I got that in the same order there? The crown of glory. Now, this crown is for the faithful under-shepherds. You find in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 4. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 4. And Peter is talking to the servants of the Lord, pastors, so on, living in a time of persecution and so on. You remember that Peter is the apostle of hope. He writes to saints who are having a lot of persecution. First Peter has to do with the opposition from the world. Second Peter is the opposition from false teachers. Lead them astray. But he writes to these pastors in First Peter chapter 5, take heed. Don't serve God for filthy lucre's sake. Don't be a hireling. You love the people of God. Let me get those two things in there. I shouldn't just bypass them. First Peter, that's in, that's in New Testament, isn't it? First Peter? Huh? Verses 2 and 3 and 4. Feed the flock of God which is among you, taking the oversight, not by constraint, but willingly, not for filthy looker, but of a ready mind. Not being lords over God's heritage, but being ensamples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd shall appear, you shall receive a crown of glory that fadeth not away. You ever stop to think that even pastors are encouraged to live for God and to live for God's people? Not to serve for filthy Lucas' sake, but what? To feed the flock of God. Lead them by green pastures, still waters. This is the work of a shepherd. You take that 23rd Psalm, the Lord is my shepherd. As the little boy used to say, the Lord is my shepherd, I should worry. You know, it's like a kid, isn't it? He leaneth me in the green pastures. He leads me by the still waters. Pastures for us to grow and feed and grow and feed and grow and feed. 
still waters the enjoyment of peace to lead God's people in that place. Green pastures so they'll grow and by the still waters where they have peace. Boy, what a need today for some real pastors. I may not see any more about The last one, the fifth one. The incorruptible crown. The incorruptible crown. And that's for a, keep your body in subjection. I suggested the passage there would be 1 Corinthians chapter 9. At the end of the chapter, starting about verse 24. 1 Corinthians chapter 9. Chapter 24 be all right. Before this, Paul has been saying, uh, I'm doing everything for the gospel's sake. If I by any means might save some, to the Jew, I'm like a Jew, to the Gentile, like a Gentile, so on and so forth. I become all things to all men that I might save some. I go on to verse 24. Know ye not that they which run in a race run all, but one receiveth the prize, so run that ye may obtain Every man that striveth for the mastery is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a corruptible crown, but we are incorruptible. I therefore so run, not as uncertainly, so fight I, not as one that beateth the air, but I keep my body, and I keep my body in subjection. I beat my body black and blue, if you please. So that having by, when I preach to others, I will not be disapproved. That word castaway doesn't give us the thought. I'll be disapproved of God. I become all things to all men, and I'm running a race. And I think Paul has in mind the Olympic races over there in the first century. And for nine months, I can quote correctly from this, for nine months, those who were going to run the race were under strict orders how to live in those nine months. No drunkenness, no partying. In those nine months, they were to bring their body to the utmost of perfection for the run. In other words, they want every runner to be at the top of their ability and strength to run the race. So they laid aside all kinds of things. They didn't like live like the other folks around them. They were going to run a race. They got ready for the race. And Paul says, I'm running a race, and I'm going to lay off everything that would hinder me getting there first. Now, I'll tell you, young people, when the Lord Jesus is the center of your life, of your heart, of your love, you've got to drop some things. You don't want to race. I noticed I, I'm, I'm not a TV man, by the way, but once in a while, I stepped around to see what the score was. They're swimming and they're running and everything else. And I noticed these runners, how much did they have on? How much clothes did they have on? They dropped everything that would hinder the race. They're going to get right there. This matter. But in the Grecian games, nine months, they were on a watch how they lived, what they did, how they trained. So that when they came to the race, they wanted that crown. A little laurel wreath, which in two or three days was faded away. 
God offers us an incorruptible crown, not a corruptible thing like they were doing, an incorruptible crown. I therefore so run, not as uncertain, so fight I, not as one that beateth the air. I keep everything in subjection. If by any means I get that incorruptible crown. So you see, just about every phase of your life is governed by a crown. I want you to get this clear in your mind. All that I need to stand before God is on the ground of what our Savior accomplished at the cross. He did a perfect work. He says, Father, according from John 17, Father, I have finished the work you gave me to do. Verses 3, 4, and 5 of John 17. Now glorify thou me with the glory I had with thee before the world was. Our Lord looked forward to the glory as you have it in who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. Hebrews chapter 12, the second verse. Who for the joy that was set before him he endured the cross. He despised the shame. Sat down at the right hand of God, crowned with glory. He saw beyond the test. He saw beyond the suffering. He saw beyond the cross to become an accursed thing. He saw the glory. For the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, despised the shame. And here we are down here in a world. I'm saved. I have life and redeemed. I'm bound for glory. But when I stand before the beamer, am I going to be crowned? I like what John says. When we see him, we'll cast our crowns at his feet. I'd like to have a crown to cast at his feet. Crown him, Lord of all. But what a, what a joy, what a privilege. I hope I've made it clear to you. Where are you building? No other foundation can any man lay but that which is laid, which is Christ Jesus. We're building on that foundation, as I said a while ago. Every phase of my life is governed by a crown. Crown of life. Crown of righteousness. Crown of joy and rejoicing. An incorruptible crown. Crown of glory. Cast them at his feet and crown him. Lord of all. Yesterday he died for me, yesterday, yesterday, yesterday he died for me, yesterday, yesterday he died for me, died for me. This is history. Today he lives for me. Today, today, today he lives for me.
And so until next time, this is the Unchanging Word radio broadcast. Life begins at Calvary.